A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We all know about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels' feud, or Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar's, or Jim Cornette and Kenny Omega's, or even Vince Russo and the guy he likes to call... Adam Wilborn! But did you know about these? I bloody hope not, because I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are 10 real-life wrestling feuds you totally didn't know about. Number 10. Ethan Page vs. Ricochet. A while back, Ricochet replied to Ethan Page promoting his shot at the Impact Wrestling X Division title with a joke that went over as well as, well, Ricochet on Monday Night Raw. Ricochet instructed Page, who at the time wasn't as, let's say, lithe as he is now, that he needed to hit the gym. In addition to being inaccurate, it isn't about weight limits, Ricochet, it was also a bit cruel. Ricochet thought he was close enough to Page to gently mock him, but this Per Page's response was decidedly not the case. Ethan replied, You need to grow to be the size of an adult and learn how to cut a promo that doesn't sound like Bugs Bunny stuttering. Equally petty, but he did support these points. You wouldn't tweet that to Samoa Joe or Bray Wyatt. Fair point, Ethan. Fair point. Number 9. Hulk Hogan versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake Surely not. The idea that Brutus Beefcake once buried Hulk Hogan is not unlike a day-old infant burying its mother for producing the milk that sustains it. And yet, in 2017, Brutus accused Hogan of manoeuvring on his ex-wife. Hogan, in response, said little, claiming he was going to take the high ground. Who knows, maybe this was all a long con both men were in on to drive sales of Beefcake's tell-all autobiography. It is conspicuous that Hogan subsequently went on to induct Beefcake into the Hall of Fame. Number 8. Pack vs Miro Shortly after signing for All Elite Wrestling, Miro took to Twitch to put over his first impression of the company. He wore a beaming smile throughout and not knowing where to start, he put over virtually everything. He described his first taping as some of the best professional wrestling he'd seen in years. He said Hangman Page was so freaking good and it was great for him to see Billy Gunn and Dustin Rhodes again. Not only that, but he also raved about FTR rediscovering their fire. More on them in a bit. All up until a subscriber brought up Pac, at which point his demeanour changed. He looked sullen, saying, Pac already tore my bicep. I'm not working with him anymore. I'm done with him. I am not working with Pac anymore. Hopefully, these residual tensions have since lifted. Get it booked either way. An absolutely recoculous amount of muscles and hatred can only yield brilliance. Number 7. Dax Harwood versus T-Bar 
Dax Harwood is amazing crack. He is very much the awesome embodiment of old school values in the ring, but he's also not very old school in the sense that he's bang up for the soapy drama of social media. He describes T-Bar as an idiot who is lucky to even be in the business. T-Bar seemed upset by the response, wondering aloud why Harwood always had a problem with him, dating back to their shared time in WWE. Harwood didn't respond. Nobody cared who he was when he put on the mask. Number six, Dax Harwood versus Brian Pillman Jr. There's a strong case to be made that FTR are the best wrestling act to follow in the extremely online era. They're absolutely phenomenal in the ring, they have been for years, and they're also total gossiping rascals who don't give a toss about who they upset or which confidences they betray. Billman Jr. has developed a certain reputation in that he's a promising worker, but also a bit of a dipshit. He's a dipshit on Twitter, and he must have an attitude on him backstage because Harwood seems to despise him. Probably not helped by Pillman Julia nailing Dax in the ear in a match in December too. On the go-home dynamite ahead of Revolution, Harwood putting over Tully Blanchard in a backstage interview buried Pillman Jr. for taking the road Tully paved for granted. Just wait till he gets his hands on him again. Number 5. Cash Wheeler versus Road Dog. There it is, the hat trick for the FTR lads. This time, Harwood's partner Cash Wheeler tagged into Twitter for the sort of evening's distraction that sustains us hardcores. As the revival, Harwood and Wheeler lit up NXT to work some of the most well-crafted and most dramatic matches of the decade. On the main roster... They were made to shave one another's backs and scoot across the ring with super hot asses because Vince McMahon is dumb and cruel enough to relinquish an unprecedented monopoly. Somewhat bitter, and rightfully so, when Dax unspooled his fishing line to put Bret Hart over at the expense of Shawn Michaels and Road Dog said he had no guts, Cash made the save. He accused Road Dog of burying talent who disagreed with him and talking crap about them the second they left the room. If Road Dog had any banter, he would have owned this and said something like, yeah, it's called the Doghouse, but he doesn't. Just watch NXT for proof of that. Number four, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Hero. This just might be more of an elaborate work than is let on. I mean, they folded the beef into the incredible ROH versus CZW interpromotional war, and a shoot scrap at PWG All-Star Weekend 7 featured within it a knife-edge chop. But the beauty of Eddie Kingston is that you want to believe everything that he says. The beef apparently stems from Chris Hero running Kingston's best friend out of the business. But the business being the business, they did, well, business together throughout the 21st century indie explosion. Made fascinating by an irreconcilable core issue and a total personality clash that exacerbated it. This saga of a program became legendary in cult circles, brimming with violent chop exchanges that never once resonated as empty posturing, this was animosity, desperation and competition worked in such an artful rhythm. The matches were just on that lurid edge. Hero dropkicked Kingston on the ear, flying through the ropes and in another ROH war, clipped him crown first on a security railing in what was a spot so gruesome you could almost feel its sharp pain. Or did Hero chop Kingston in 2008 out of a wrestler's instinct? The beauty of the work that you can never tell. Number three, Tamatonga versus Michael Elgin. 
Tommy Tango is great value for this sort of irresistible bollocks. He loves it. He loves to get in on the work. He loves to talk trash. He simply loves getting amongst it. The petty dramas of pro wrestling seem to sustain him. Michael Elgin, meanwhile, is just a bit weird and problematic and never could find a home for very long. Almost destined to clash with a man of Tonga's no disposition, Elgin is cursed to take himself much too seriously. Elgin claimed that Tonga took liberties with him in a 2018 post-match angle in which Tonga battered him with a steel chair. Tonga claimed in response that Elgin was wrong to piss and moan about it and reckons he used a plastic chair and hit the mat more often than not. Elgin claims he left New Japan as a result, then mixed up his story to confirm that he wished he'd spend more time at home with his son before accepting gigs with Impact Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling, which, funnily enough, uh, yeah, is in the exact same place as New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ah, number two, Karrion Cross versus Liv Morgan. A wrestler's social media presence is vital because it shapes their perception amongst the public. Becky Lynch got over as a merciless banter merchant. John Moxley gets over as a cool and honest babyface because he doesn't even bother with the bollocks. And TJP and Austin Aries are unemployable now, having worked an online blindfold match to determine which man is the absolute dumbest and most irresponsible. Karrion Cross, though, is a strange one. Cross has a certain intensity about him that often resonates as silly in a WWE system that thinks it's the coolest. Passive-aggressive digs at Liv Morgan on Twitter will not help at all. Responding to a question he wasn't directly asked why Morgan was trying to look like Scarlett, Cross said, great question. Nice of him to protect his girlfriend and all that, but an obvious vanity search rather undercuts his aura as a doomsday prophet. Number 1. Taz vs Triple H Taz's WWF run is familiar at this point. He came, he impressed, he was buried and relegated for being, god damn it all, the wrestler that the WWF recruited. Just imagine applying this logic to any other profession. It is insane. Well, your CV is very impressive, sir, and we look forward to helping you advance your career. And you made an excellent first impression, sir. You lived up to your CV perfectly, but also, sir, bollocks to your CV, which of course we read and were sufficiently impressed with to hire you. What? Understandably pissed about his experiences in the Fed. He's not the only one. Taz has never softened on his stance towards Triple H, who, being Triple H, pinned him clean in the middle of the ring in under five minutes during the brief period Taz reigned as the ECW champion in the WWF. A pointless cockstroke of a win, Taz is not shy about his dim view of the NXT head, saying Triple H has been number one in their invisible ranking systems for years on Twitter, in response to a fan complaining about Cody occupying a top slot in AEW's actual rankings. I mean, I'm not going to argue with him, are you? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.